Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 69. On this episode, I have Randy Sparks from Hearst Farm Supply in Lorenzo, Texas. Randy, how you doing? Doing well, Casey. How are you this morning? Man, I'm doing okay. Hopefully we'll get a little more moisture up here. How how things down your way? Well, Casey, it's been a little dry lately. Uh, we we got to actually, to, today and tomorrow, we got 60% chance of rain today and 50 tomorrow, so we got high hopes. Uh, we need it pretty bad. Yeah, no, I, I've been watching the drought monitor, and it looks like uh, basically everything south of about the Nebraska border seems like they're in a pretty heavy drought. Yeah, just kind of some background here. Um, I looked at uh, the local Mesonet uh, website for Lubbock, and it showed since October we've had 1.7 inches of rain uh, since October. Uh, now, there's, you know, we had a little band come through here about three weeks ago. Depending on where you were standing, some had two plus, uh, some had eight tenths, but it's been pretty severe drought the last several months. Yeah, so so there's no flood warnings out right now for you guys anywhere? Uh, no, though. I don't think that's concerned <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> huh. All right, so let's jump in here real quick. All right, so Randy, you're uh, you're the sales manager down there at uh, at Hearst Farm Supply. So give us a little background on yourself and, and Hearst and, and uh, what geographical area you guys cover. Okay, yeah, I'm the sales manager for Hearst Farm Supply. We've got seven locations in and around Lubbock, Texas, uh, and then a couple down by Snyder, Texas. Um, our main crop in this area is cotton. Uh, probably, you know, if I was had to put a number two, it would be close to 80% of our uh, crop production would be cotton. Uh, then we have some corn, a little bit of wheat, uh, hay. Um, have a good mix of uh, uh, cattle, ranches in this area. Uh, but that's kind of what we consist of. But our lifeblood is, is cotton. That's what, that's what makes or breaks us day in and day out. All right, so I've been reading some reports now about cotton, and it seems like there's been more cotton acres planted this year than there were last year and in, in, in the previous probably five or six years. Yeah. If you if you kind of back up a little bit to uh, uh, 17 mm -hmm. and just kind of a moving uh, geographical line, uh, if you went north of uh, uh, Plainview, Texas, uh, which is about 40 miles north of me, right in that area is where our – a typical uh, line went from transition from cotton to corn, uh, corn being north of us. In 17, if you take that line and go north up into the Panhandle, cut across to Oklahoma, up into Kansas, give or take there was a million acres of, uh, I mean, a million bales of what they were saying. Uh, production went in in 17. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're supposed to be, uh, according to the reports I hear, another uh, 500,000 uh, bales of production going in in that same area this year. So it's quite a uh, transition from where we were two years ago. Right. And that has related mm -hmm. to a very strong demand for cotton uh, harvest equipment and support equipment uh, like I've never seen. I've done this. Been doing this for 27 years, and I haven't seen it quite like this before. So, with with the drought situation that you're in right now, I mean, how is the? Uh, I mean, obviously, the wheat that you guys grow, I'm, I'm assuming most of the majority of it is is uh, planted to graze on. Is that correct? 
It is. Yeah, we don't have a lot of wheat in our uh, specific area. You little east of me, that's more of where the kind of the wheat harvest starts in that mm-hmm. Monday, Texas area. Right. Uh, most of that won't be harvested this year. It just it just did not make. We didn't get the rain uh, to germinate it and grow it out. So that most of our wheat in this South Plains, Rolling Plains area of Texas will be uh, uh, won't be harvested. Yeah. So, with the with how many acres of your corn acres that you would have in your area typically? How much of that got planted into cotton? Casey, I don't have a hard number on that, but I'm going to say that what has been in corn in the last two years, uh, you know, it's kind of like I said, it's a moving geographical line, uh, getting up into the panhandle. But I'm going to say we have probably seen 500,000 acres, okay. probably, okay. In, that, in that ballpark, mm-hmm. yeah, may, maybe more. Right. So what? what is the uh, – What I mean, I, I follow the cotton market as much as I can. Um, I don't – Mm-hmm. Honestly, make it a make it a point to go out and check it as much as I should. But how's the cotton market reacting to the additional acres of, of cotton being planted? Well, it's kind of surprising, Casey. But uh, you know, the cotton market is—I don't know how much you pay attention to the 90s, but it's probably the one bright spot in the commodities right now. Cotton has been on an upward, uh, a good, strong, slow upward trend for uh, most of seventeen and, and moving into eighteen. You know, a year ago, uh, we looked at December futures uh, as kind of what we base our crop on. Just, you know, harvest times we'll, we'll have a crop to go to market with. Uh, it's, it's moved up about 12 cents uh, in, in that year's time, so that's good. We're up at about 83, 84 cents right now on the December futures. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, about 78 cents on the cash market and about 83 on the futures. Uh, kind of a target or a goal if you know if my guys can get 85 cents a pound for their crop they can they can do okay yeah uh wow. you, know, you know this last year we pretty good struggle uh with our grades on our cotton we had a, a large area had low mic cotton low micronear cotton which uh, uh hit us pretty hard on the on the grading which we had to take a deduct when we went to the market with it and that that was a struggle for us. We had good yields, we just didn't have a good grades. Yeah, well, that's a far cry. I mean, price wise, I mean that's a far cry from where it was even two years ago when you're sixty cents yeah. better in that time frame. So that's really rebounded quite well. Yeah. It has. It has. I mean, there's there's some really good things to you know talk about and look ahead for as far as the cotton industry. You know, we finally got back uh, in the into the program, which was a, a blessing. You know, we needed that three years without a program has really put a lot of stress on my on our uh, customer base. Uh, so that that's going to help. You know, we see the uh, future as far as the pricing and cotton. You know, that that's good to look ahead to. So you know, we got some look, good things looking ahead, but boy, we're, we're trying to overcome some, some pretty hard, uh, tough hardships right now. Yeah. So right now, with, with the drought situation and the lack of grazing, you know, pasture wheat that you guys have, that, that we would have normally grazed your cows on uh, so far this year, how's the, how is the uh, how's the cattle market reacting to that, and how are feed prices down where you're at? Well, you know, that's it. You know, talking to several of my customers, there's uh, you know they've been moving them. Uh, you know, they've been selling out their their herd, which is not ever a good thing, which is kind of depressing prices. Uh, 
but you know we just don't have the feed right now to support or can't afford it. So the guys are culling the herds down to what they can manage because the grazing's just not there to sustain them, and you can't afford to keep feeding them. So yeah, uh, you know we see this. Uh, unfortunately, we see this uh, you know this cycle mm-hmm. uh, come and go on us, and it's it's pretty severe one uh, right now as far as the drought is how it's affecting us. You know, especially, you know, right now we're at uh, April 20th. Uh, you know, we've already been planting corn and what little corn's going in right now. But, uh, you know, usually the first week of May is our target planting uh, for most of our irrigated cotton. And uh, without a good rain this weekend or very, very soon, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, there's a lot of dry land acres are not, not looking promising right now. Right. Okay, so... Let's jump over and take a look at at some equipment costs, or some some of the equipment in your area. So, let's talk about your retail marketplace, and let's talk about what you see happening in the auction market. So, on the retail side of stuff, um, what what is the temperature of your customer base right now? I mean, I'm sure there's probably a little bit of apprehension with the with the drought the way it is, but um, with cotton prices being up the way they are, there's got to be some a little bit of excitement out there. Yeah, it, it probably sounds like I'm contradicting myself during this conversation. I apologize for that. <laughs> but uh, uh, our, our our retail market is in some markets have been very strong, like they alluded to on uh, on our cotton equipment has been very very strong. Uh, the strongest I've seen it in the 27 years I've been doing this. We've had uh, good demand for for sprayers. Uh, uh, some of that's coming from the dicamba. Uh, cotton varieties that we have now, which has given us a pretty good tool to, to uh, fight the weed pressure, the resistant weeds, which has helped a lot. We've seen uh, good demand in planters, uh, which is coming back from what it's been in the last couple of years, uh, which is good. Uh, used equipment, our uh, row crop tractors, uh, they're stable. Uh, you know, we're, we're off a little bit where we'd like to be, but not terribly so when you look at uh, the drought conditions we're in. You know, it's one of those, I say, count your blessings because we're, we're doing much better than we deserve right now. Yeah. There's a, uh, I would say that and from where I'm at right now, it seems like planters are a pretty popular, I mean, more popular than they've been in the past five years, right? And I would agree, yeah. So are you, are you looking at um, a lot of the newer technology high-speed stuff, or are you just looking at more just newer planters in general or guys jumping up from like an 08 model up to like a 14 model or something like that? I mean, what, where, where's your mix at? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we're seeing that. We're, we haven't adapted to high-speed planters down here yet. And number one, Casey, just because deer doesn't offer the uh, exact merge on, on the uh, the planter models we sell. Okay. You know, we're mostly the 1725 uh, stack old planters, what we're running down here. Uh so we haven't adapted that technology, but what we're seeing is more of a trend. We've been traditionally eight-row 40 equipment for years down here. There's the a very strong trend into 16-row 40 equipment, and we're even starting to see some 24-row 40 drag-type planters come in. Uh, you know, it, it's a uh, labor issue. Uh, the guys are trying to do more with less, uh, with less help. And that's one of the advents that, uh, you know, coming out with the CS690 Baylor machine has, has given us is the ability not to have to have as many uh, employees. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you get rid of those employees, you've been carrying that and leaves some gaps in other places. Yeah. 
So yeah. we're seeing the guys go to bigger planters trying to cover more acres a day per machine and man. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's and, and that's what I'm seeing in the planter market right now. It, it is a it's a labor driven <clears throat> a labor driven issue more than it is really anything else. I mean guys like you said, they're taking their twelve row to a twenty four, their sixteen to a twenty four, something like that, where they can get more done, you know, in a day and, and I think the high speed planter is, is one of those things I'm watching too now where guys are saying, you know, we can go seven miles an hour, we can plant um you know seven miles an hour we can have a you know better seed placement and all these different things that come into come into effect so you know i think there's well my guys just so you know casey mm-hmm. my guys have been running these planters seven eight miles an hour for years but they were supposed to <laughs> <laughs> old technology making it new huh <laughs> that's funny that's funny is precision planning you know is that all come down your way at all where you guys have guys looking at that Small pockets of it, uh, mm-hmm. you know. If I had to put a number on that, I'd say it'd be less than ten percent of my my customers. Yeah, uh, it's it's not something. You know, cotton is a little different animal. You know, we in in the uh, area we're in, you know, we're uh, driven by the rainfall we get. So mm-hmm. we're we're a reactionary. You know, it's hard to put a plan in place. Say we're going to do this, this, and this. You know, we react to what the what the weather gives us, and you know, we have the opportunity to maximize some inputs and, and take advantage of a rainfall we do if, if not we sit still and we don't we don't side dress or put extra fertilizer on so it's it's you know every year's a little different you kind of make a general plan but uh you know the first rain blows up or the lack of a rain blows up the plan that you laid out there right so, so from a use we have we haven't got go ahead no, so I'm just saying we haven't got to the precision plan. I think I think it's coming. I think my guys are getting more in tune with being a little more micromanaged of the inputs that they are putting in and, and returns are getting, but it's been a slower turn. And, and part of that, two cases, in our, in our crop situation, we really haven't had the yield data until the last two or three years. Oh, okay. uh, we're way behind uh, our fellow uh, bean and corn guys, you know, they've been enjoying yield uh, monitoring for quite a few years. We're just not getting there. Okay. We really have some good data to work from. I got you. Okay. So, used equipment-wise, with the price of cotton the way it's been over the last couple of years, whether you're talking to guys that are selling pickers or guys selling strippers, which are your strippers, um, how, how, how dynamic is it now trying to go from you know, like a, a seven thousand series cotton stripper to to a the guys are primarily looking for like a, a CS six ninety. Oh wow! Uh, I mean, you're, you, I mean, just to kind of put some uh, numbers to it, where you can kind of visualize that step. You're talking about a average seventy four sixty cotton stripper, good use one being one hundred fifty thousand. You know, a new CS690 retailing in that, you know, 650 to 700. So, you know, yeah. it is a major uh, commitment for these customers as far as uh, their operation and what they can handle. And it's not just the cost of the machine, it's also the cost of that wrap. Uh, you know, the wrap on a machine, depending on operation, could be uh, 10%, 15% cost of the machine. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge commitment there, too. So it is. It's a it's a big trend, but uh, labor is driving it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it is a trend that will continue, but it's 
we, I think we're going to see some consolidation of uh, harvest methods between some of our smaller customers partner up on those type of machines and probably a good bit more custom harvest than we've ever seen in the past in, in our area. Yeah. What What is the... Uh so the demand for the use on those, so, I mean, you're selling a $650,000, $700,000 new one, you know, <clears throat> even if the used one's half the price, is there, is the demand high enough right now to where you're saying, guys, are I got a used one coming in and we're going to, I got a buyer for it right away? Is that how that's working on those yes, used CPs? Yeah. yeah, right right now with, like I say, with the, with the, all the cotton acres that went in north of us, the demand for that used equipment is just, uh, it's incredible. Uh, we get in a UCS 690, and, and basically where we're at now is, is we're on a uh, lottery system. Uh, all my guys give me the names that you know of the customers they have that want one. We draw a name, and, and you know he gets a shot at it. Um, wow. we're just trying to be fair about it because we got a good bit more demand than we have machine. Um, that that's an that's an impressive position to be in. It is. It's it's incredible. Uh, of course, we know it won't last, but uh, right. It, it, but it's all driven by the transition of this uh, of these cotton acres to corn, and, and we you know we've seen this trend before the last three to five years, and then you know when corn price gets back up to you know hopefully five to six dollars, we'll see that trend reverse. Mm-hmm. You know uh, the, the guys that were in cotton will go back to corn. Right. But a lot of these uh, customers, these farmers that are going into the cotton, you know, they, they're going in with really no equipment. Uh, you know, they, they didn't have anything to start with, so they got to have everything. So, yeah. So, um, and I'm sorry, Case, you asked me a question earlier, and I skipped right over it back to, you know, was talking about pricing in the area mm-hmm. on auctions. Uh, we've had several auctions. Uh, it a lot, you know, we try to support our customers that are having these auctions go there and, and you know, I guess the best way to relate what's going on there is just we could go there to support our customer and make sure that, you know, his, customer, you know, his equipment is, does okay, uh, but we've bought very little at those auctions. So I'm going to tell you that, you know, auction prices as a general statement would be that they're, they're stable. Uh, uh, they're not full-blown high retail, but they're definitely not wholesale either. Okay. Okay. I, I think they're bringing a fair price right now. There's still a, it's a solid uh, demand right now. Yeah. I, good equipment. Yeah. Good equipment. I would absolutely agree with that. That's what all the auctions that I've watched and the auctions that I've that I've been to in person. Every one of them have been. Um, what I would say, they, they brought the money for the day. You know, I, I, especially the ones yeah. there at the end of the end of the year in 2017, and even that even carried over to the last. You know, I even watched a couple here not too long ago that were very strong pricings for what they were, and I was surprised that yeah. that they brought the amount of money that they brought. But yeah, you know, we we go to those auctions on on the you know equipment that uh, we we support around here with the number, you know, uh, which would be a wholesale number, and like I said, we've got very little that purchased. Yeah. So, to me, that's that's a telling uh, uh, feature of, of that market demand. You know, if we're not able to buy that wholesale numbers, and the demand's pretty good. You know, it really is. Yeah, and I would I would echo those comments. Other ones I've especially if, especially if it's a if it's a good quality piece of equipment. That those are the ones that are bringing good money. I think the average stuff is bringing average price. You know what I mean? Which is a lot higher than yeah. it's been in the last three or four years, but. 
um, it's still, you know, you know. Our, our prices in auctions, you know, they're probably off, you know, and I haven't researched this to give you a hard number, so I'm just going to kind of throw one out there as a guesstimate. But I'd say uh, where we were at in this time of 17 following our 16 crop, our auction prices are off 10 to 12 percent. But realizing those auctions following our 16 crop were very strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we had, a, had a very good crop in 16. <laughs> All right, so what you're saying is from 16 to 17, you're, you're down 10% from 16, or you're down 10% from 17? Well, you know, our, our year end, our harvest, you know, it ends usually in like November, December, so our auction cycle for the following that year will start in December and run through March. Oh, okay. So right. that would be the auction for the 16 crop, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm comparing to what we just went through following the 17 crop. Okay, well, that makes sense, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about some new stuff here. So you've got a uh, got some EOPs going to open up here before too long. Planting season's coming right around the corner. How are your new planter sales, and how how many uh, how many guys do you have coming to you right now looking to buy buy some new stuff? Our new our new is is uh, holding steady. I'll, I'll say that um, you know obviously uh, with the downturn we had. In our droughts, which, you know, we've been in and out of droughts since 2011, and prices have been weak. Uh, our retails are off kind of like, you know, rest of the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're holding steady. We had a good uh, run in the, on our EOPs and planters and sprayers last year, and I'm expecting the same this year. I'm expecting us to match those numbers what we did last year. Yeah. And so I, I feel like we'll be hoping steady. I don't. I don't see a big uh, demand uh, in a run up. Uh, you know, our, our strongest demand right now is in good used, uh, and we've been able to meet that demand uh, with our new sales. And I kind of see that kind of holding pretty steady. Yeah. No, there's been a, uh, and I would say for us, it's about the same way. You know, we've got some strong, strong new sales, especially this year than compared to last. Do you think when I look at the marketplace, I, I think, think you know, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say you know, right now probably our weakest uh, uh, new sales will be in in act in in row crop tractors. Okay, we're off a little where I would like for us to be, uh, and I'm hoping that uh, we we see that trend. You know, if we can get a good rain, get a good crop started, I think there's some guys that would pull the trigger, uh, but they're you know they're sitting waiting to see. Mm-hmm. We can see what's going to happen. Yeah. Do you think a lot of your guys are upgrading because they've had the machine long enough now they feel uncomfortable with it? Or they, they're facing some, some major, I don't know, shop bill or something like that that they're kind of up against that they've ran it long enough now for probably longer than they're comfortable with, you know, hour-wise and condition-wise? Well, I think, you know, you, you've been doing this probably as near as long as I have, but you kind of remember the, the blood of used equipment that came from all of the muds all, all over the nation. Oh, yeah. Um, we scaled back our mud guys and tried to put them on a rotation, and, and that's one thing that's really kind of helped us. So we kind of evened those out to where we're doing those every other year, every three years now. Um it, It's just coming time for these guys to go ahead and hit now. Our uh, call it 50% of the other new sales we'll get in in row crop tractors. 
those are guys that, that trade every two to three years as on a schedule. I mean, that's where most of our new uh, retail sales come from, the guys that are trade one or two or three machines and that aren't necessarily mud customers, uh, but they just like to keep them updated. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably, like I say, about 50% of our new sales that we haven't gotten yet this year. And that's okay. what I'm hoping will change. We're, we'll get our mud deals, but that's what I'm still hoping for. So uh, that's to be seen. Okay. What are some bright spots you see happening for you guys over the, you know, going through planting season and into the summertime? Um, your crystal ball may be better than mine, but right now the only bright spot is this rain forecast we got this weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> My, uh... Uh, no, honestly, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we really have some things to look forward to in the cotton market. You know, uh, we've got an insurance basis of 75 cents a pound, you know, for my dry land guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the case is we don't get the rain and, and uh, we have a failed crop, you know, so we've got a good support system there. We're in the program. Uh, they're working on getting the ginning assistance uh, done, I think, if it's not already done. So, like I say, you know, go looking forward to the end of 18, end of 19. I mean, if you're a cotton farmer, you can be fairly optimistic. It's just right now you're living under a lot of uh, uh, stress coming off of that 17 crop, trying to uh, manage to get to 19, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, Randy, I think we've... Uh I think we got this one covered, man. So you have any final words before we okay. shut it down? No, we just appreciate the opportunity, uh, Casey. Uh, appreciate what you do. I think it's a good for everybody to kind of talk and see what's going on in the different parts of the nation and how it affects locally and, and regionally and nationally. I think it's, a, it's good what you're doing, and I appreciate your time doing it. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. A lot of fun, and uh, it's fun talking to my friends. So it's pretty easy. It's not a... Yep. Not a tough one, but I, I appreciate you listening and I appreciate you being on the podcast. So um, remember, if you want to continue. No all right. So if you want to, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. Remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at Moving Iron Podcast.com. You can visit Moving Iron uh, LLC's uh, YouTube channel. You can find the video version of this, uh, of the podcast, and you can also look at, uh, after the bell, Chip Nellinger and the Tax Tip of the Week with Glenn Birkbaum. Moving Iron LLC has a website you can visit, uh, movingironllc.com. Here you can find information for the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcast, and articles from Moving Iron Blog. Throughout the year, there'll be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review at your favorite podcasting platform. And if you shop Amazon, please use the Amazon click-through at movingironllc.com. It won't cost you anything, and you'll still have the same experience you're accustomed to while supporting the podcast. You can find the podcast at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out.